Hello and welcome to a very special episode of BJ Shea's Board Game Alliance. We are on 120 and I am your host, Joey Nonchalantly Nurturing a, 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 a Nihilistic <laughs> Naughty <laughs> Nemesis Dees. I We're going to yes. remove one of those words. Damn it, Sean. Yeah, baby. Sean, why? I win. Oh, I just, I don't know why I read that as Crescent and there's an N in front of it and I was like, so this word has defeated me. Of course, with us, as always, is Sean Epperson of Think 12 Games. Oh, hey, hey. Josh Utley of the Omega Gamers. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's great to see you guys. And, of course, Dickie B running the boards. Hi. We're here on a special episode because we have an interview to get to. But before we do, Josh, how can the Geek Nationals get a hold of us? They just can... You're contagious. We got them! Speaking of words. I win! They can go to bjgeeknation.com. You'll get all the podcasts, blogs, interviews, videos, links, and more. More. Or just search for BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, and Odyssey.com. Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y. <laughs> well, everyone, I say we move along straight to our interview because with us today is Josh Stiltz from One First Games in to talk about The Boys. This is going to hurt amongst other board games. Josh, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. Oh, well, it's great to have you, man. I mean, everything, everyone here loves The Boys, whether it be the graphic novel or the TV show or anything in between. And I hear you have a board game coming out about this. So, yeah, we were fortunate enough to work with the original co creators and Garth and Derek uh, to have the game available for purchase now. Oh. And we have an expansion coming out later this year, probably in early spring, where the you will be introduced to new characters, new items, new missions that will slide right into the game that you can currently purchase now. That's awesome. And this game is a two to five player cooperative game in which people are trying to take down Homelander, am I correct? Yeah, so when we built the game, it's, we actually also introduced a whole single variant mode. So it's actually a one to five player game oh. where every player is taking on the role of a newly activated CIA agent who is unfairly tasked with last-ditch effort to take down Homelander. And that's not an easy <laughs> task. Mm. No, it's it's it's, it's uh, basically you are option X. They've gone through A, B, and C, and there's no one else left. So we still got Z at least. <laughs> Z, Y. <laughs> so how bad did we screw up yeah. the CIA to get this assignment? Uh, it's pretty bad. Okay. Uh, in our narrative, which we worked with Garth and Derek to create as a maybe it's an alternate timeline, maybe it's a multi-dimensional thing. We haven't, we never really decided that. We'll let the players decide whatever narrative they want to play. But when we wrote the narrative for it, we made sure that it doesn't spoil anything that happens in the comics or in the show. So in this scenario that you're playing out in the game, all of the characters are still alive. Because if you've read the comic or you've seen the show, a lot of characters don't last very long. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> their, their timeline is very short, so options ZYX and AA and whatever else you want is gone. Uh, Homelander has decided that he is going to take over the world and he has given the ultimatum that you can either bow down before him or he's just going to wipe the planet. You get laser beamed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or whatever other superpowers he's going to use in this. So, uh, at the beginning of the game, every player is going to select a character contact because we're not going to make you do this alone. Okay. Each of the character contacts has its own unique power and special ability that'll help you recruit additional characters to your team. So you get some of those suit powers as well. Yeah, you start and a lot of compound V and blackmail and whatever else you mm. need to recruit additional characters because you're going to be moving around the board trying to recruit as many characters as quickly as possible up to a uh, maximum of eight in order to take down Homelander and be the first to do so. Okay, that makes sense. I see the board. The board has a giant 
giant Homelander figure, which looks amazing, by the way. Yeah, we were very fortunate to work with Adler Romero, who's a very phenomenal uh, sculptor and work uh, in putting together uh, injection mold miniatures for not only the bust, but all of the miniatures who are your character contacts as well. That way you get a lot more detailing in them. The paint lasts a little bit longer and you can get a lot more hold on that paint. And they're also a lot more durable than like a 3D print, for example. That's and they're, awesome. And they're, and they're huge. When I say huge, I mean this, I mean, Homelander is what, like maybe five times the size as the other minis? Yeah, he's 150 <laughs> centimeters. Oh, man. And then uh, we, we did a little bit growth. We did a little in, uh, increase on the miniatures um, because we had the capacity to do so. And it gave us a little bit more wor- room to work with in the detailing. But we've had lots of people who buy just the miniatures to run their own uh, tabletop RPG campaigns as these various characters. Oh, that's a oh, cool nice. idea. I mean, the miniature you were talking about uh, Huey off air and uh, Huey ha- what is he holding? Well I didn't want to spoil that part if no one's read the comics but uh, he is holding two hands. Two yeah. hands. Uh, I feel not like, his own hands. I feel like most people if they haven't read the comics they've either seen a little bit of the show or kind of get the main idea so I don't feel like it's a big spoiler. Okay well there you go so I, I, I'll preface it at the beginning the, the, the spoilers if you haven't seen it but yes uh, at the beginning of both the comic and the show Huey is holding hands with his girlfriend who then gets eliminated Evaporated. Unalived. Unalived, yes. Uh, and all he's left is holding her hands. And that was the sculpt that uh, I had suggested that we do because I think it's the most iconic. And oh, yeah. It yeah. sets off the a, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a big pivotal moment. We had some people that were like, why didn't you get Huey in a powerful pose or something like that? I was like, because he's, he's not He's not really him. Yeah. It, yeah. He, 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 that's never really been his persona in the comic or the show or mm-hmm. in our narrative. But his trauma is really what is the kicking off point for both uh, narratives. So that's why we went with something like that. So jumping back to using it as a D&D setting. Yeah. I could just see the DM playing as Homelander. Uh, that is. Making <laughs> all your lives, I'm sure, wonderfully. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, uh, there was, there might have been one at PAX that uh, in unplugged in Philadelphia this past December that someone did that exact thing. Don't remind <laughs> us. Awesome. Yep. Our flight got canceled. Oh, no. Yes. Otherwise, we would have been there. Homelander <laughs> took down. Next yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, though. I, I love the idea that not only can you do that kind of thing with the D&D and setting up your own kind of story, but also that you guys didn't spoil anything for both the book and the show, because there's nothing worse than when you accidentally do that for someone. We had someone spoil the Survivor finale on air like a month ago. Oh, no. Oh, wow. And it was just devastation. And because we wake up so early, a lot of times we don't get a chance to watch late night shows, so we yeah. wait till the next day, record them, or just, you know, Netflix or Hulu, whatever it is. And uh, one of our coworkers, you know, recorded it on DVR, and she had not seen it yet. Yeah. <laughs> that was awful. You know, when, when my partner John and partners John and Nick and I started working on this, that was, the, we had three things that we had to do with an IP this big. One of them was that. We wanted to make sure that we we weren't going to spoil anything for anyone, but simultaneously make you feel like you're in the world of the boys. So to your point about a D&D or a, any other tabletop RPG campaign where you're using these characters, it's very easy to do that because you feel the tension rate from the beginning. Well, plus, if you had a D&D group that you, if you're DMing and they're just constantly annoying you, playing as Homelander could be some <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, DMs need to do that expression as, as well. Um and then the second thing was we, we had to have passed something called the Annie test. So, so my wife, Annie, she likes board games. She doesn't love board games. Oh, okay. Interesting. So when we were doing all of these prototypes and these testings, when I f- felt like I was like, okay, I think we have a finalized product. I went and played uh, the game with my wife and I had equal parts 
fury and pride when she obliterated me <laughs> in this game. Because I was like, because next thing that she said was, can we play again? Mm, and I was nice. like, oh, okay. We got something we, here. Check mark on the, the test. The any test has been passed. <laughs> like all the, the any test has been passed. But, but the third thing was we wanted this game to be a game where players didn't have to know anything about the comics, the show, or board games at all. Because the mechanics that we built into this board game are such that they are intuitive and have the ability to uh, be understood well, but mastered very difficultly. So you can bring this to board game night and teach your other friends who may be a little timid or like, I don't really want to get into a heavy game because mm-hmm. you, know, you talk about the weights of games. Oh, yeah. We, we like to say this is a light, heavy, or medium light game. Okay. Takes about an hour and a half for your first playthrough. Well, it's not bad at all. And your first, but your first 15 minutes, you might get through three rounds. Wow. But... The next 15 minutes, you might get through five or 10 rounds because as you're picking up the mechanics, how I move around the board, how do I recruit additional characters to my team? How do I sabotage another player and potentially take their resources? We're looking at you, Sean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then do you get in the cycle of, as your point to the Homelander DM, are you fighting amongst yourselves and all the turns are running out? Because you only have a set amount of turns to take out Homelander. Mm -hmm. So if you are all fighting amongst each other, Homelander wins. We don't play co-op games with Sean. (laughs) (laughs) This is competitive, baby. (laughs) Well, and that's what we call it. So we call ours a semi-competitive race mechanic game. Because in that genre that I guess we've created, you have the ability to teach others those more advanced mechanics beyond you know sorry or trouble or, or those mm-hmm. classic games and a lot of board games can be really intimidating for new players so this is a game where it has a great following and we're very thankful for that for the comics and the shows but you can introduce it that to the people that don't have ever not watched either and yeah. show them like how do you do board game mechanics yeah it's also a game you can never play the same way twice <laughs> that was the other thing that we put in like i think we started doing factorials of like billions wow because you start with a one of 10, right? So there's your first. Then you're going to draw four resource cards and three beta character cards. So if you're looking at all the stacks of cards, you're already into the millions of different variants. You also get two mission cards. Then you don't play with all of the Homelander attacks cards. So there's a, you're shuffling and sl- you're only using so many of those depending upon the difficulty of the game. So there's your other variants. So you, you get into the unlimited replay real quick. And for anyone that's like a big fan of the comics, like there's because I've actually played the game and I, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, there's there's a, all the like weird ancillary characters, like just everybody's in there, which is really cool to see. Like, oh, I remember this one. This I, I like this character. I like this one. So um, you'll you'll really enjoy all the stuff that they put into this game. Yeah, thanks so much. And that's in the expansion that we have coming out in the spring is all based upon Gar's other book called Dear Becky. Mm-hmm. So Dear Becky is the comic that takes place before and after the events of the original comic series. So. If you haven't read the comics and you want to know what happens, don't read this yet. You can order it off of our website with our exclusive variant cover drawn by Derek Robertson. And you just, just hold on to it until you finish the comics. What is that website for the people out there, Josh? It is one, the number one, and then first, F-I-R-S-T, games, G-A-M-E-S dot com. And anybody who does order a copy of The Boys uh, now through the end of May will be entered into a drawing to win a free copy of the expansion pack that will launch on Kickstarter 
Kickstarter uh, early this spring as well. Oh, that's oh, wow. awesome. Cool. And I think we'll do uh, like 10 or 20 of those giveaways depending upon how many people are in the, the drawing. That's sweet, man. That, that sounds awesome. I got to say, your board, the board itself, when you look at it, it's not intimidating at all. Because you were talking about replayability and all the depth you have. But yeah, when you look at it like as a new player would, it's very simple and straightforward. You see all the characters, the little places you can go, and then there's just cards. We really wanted the art, like uh, as you were talking about, the art uh, of all of these amazing artists that work with Garth on the story to shine because it's beautiful and it, that's one of the things that usually engages people into comics in the first place and if you have a beautiful game it's a lot easier to showcase to people the simplicity came in we didn't want something that was like shoots and ladders where you've got so many different <laughs> yeah. things and different paths that you got, got to follow on that yeah we wanted that quick replayability because if you don't beat Homelander and there's like a 65% win rate right now oh man we wanted you to be able to have enough time to go right back in and try and take him out again <laughs> most definitely yeah I was just say like when you look at the board you know what your mission is because Homelander is so much bigger and I love the concept of him being in a, like an enraged timer for like a dungeon or a boss like that where it's like you're going to die if you don't defeat him in you know 21 turns so I always suggested as a turn turner so he <laughs> stares at whoever's turn it is he just moves around the board to whoever's turn it is and oh, he's nice. staring you down as you're trying to like recruit other characters or grab resources yes and again if you guys have seen the show or the novel you know that's an intimidating stare because <laughs> not many people who cross paths with Homelander live no <laughs> It, there's, I mean, the the art, the art's definitely well done. Um, for anyone that's watched the show or or read the comic, there's certainly a um, a graphical element <laughs> to the property, <laughs> and uh, I love that you like you don't shy away from that. Like even on the card backs for the alpha cards, like you see a guy's head getting squished. Yeah, it makes it a little <laughs> awkward when I'm at a convention or something and I'm showcasing the game next to all the other kids' items, and I have to like flip over the cards and be very selective as to, like the kids pick up Huey and they're holding the hands like oh who's this and I'm like do you have an adult around that I could talk to I mean there's terror I have the little dog terror and that, yeah. that's why I usually hand them so they can they can pet terror I love that terror is a playable ga- a character in the yeah. game that's amazing it's so cool we that was a non, that was a, a, a non-starter for us he had to be yeah. a, 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 a connection because he's it, it was unfortunate that he, he didn't get a bigger role in the show but I can't speak to it personally but I, I have heard why he was not more involved and it was because the the dog that they cast had difficulty commands. Oh, he was, interesting. So they, they were like, well, let's just wrap this up real quick. Yeah. yeah. We'll take the story different ways. So. Well, he has a bigger role in this game. <laughs> and yes. in the comics, he's, <laughs> he is integral to the rest of Butcher's story, especially in the second half of the series. Mm-hmm. He becomes a similar catalyst that oh, you see with Huey. Interesting. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. A little uh, spoiler. I like it. Well, not spoiler. Mild. A little, it's, yeah, a mi- it's a mild a teaser. teaser. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Butcher doesn't need any more motivation, really. But it doesn't. <laughs> but the, but the dog is is part of the team for sure. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I think maybe issue six or seven, he's integral in the team mm-hmm. oh, with his fun. special ability that we will not say on air. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that is the boys. This is going to hurt. Uh, OneFirstGames.com. You can go grab all that. Get into the raffle for sure. Now, Josh, I know that you'll do more than just the boys. You are, how many board games did you say you're trying to release? So, are there projects you have going? <laughs> I've probably been off a lot more than I can chew, but <laughs> I have a great team behind me So, uh, and working with me. For first games, we are going to release four new games with a 
the expansion to the boys as well. Um, we've partnered with some amazing designers to bring their projects to life, um, as well as two of our own. Um, the first game that will hit Kickstarter is a game called Ins and Outcasts. It is actually free to play on Tabletop Simulator right now. Um, if you play it and you like it, send us an email. If you play it and you didn't like it, send us an email. Send us your comments. Like Figure out like what it, the parts of the component that you liked or didn't like. Uh, the game is a really fun palette cleanser game. So it's another game you can bring to board game night and fit in between other games if you like. Everybody's taking on the role of an adventurer coming back from a successful quest. And you're all trying to figure out how to divvy up the loot. And maybe it was the paladin. Maybe it was the bard. It was probably the rogue who was decided <laughs> and got, convinced you all to gamble it away. Oh, of course. Who doesn't like a good gamble? Right. Who doesn't like a gambling <laughs> game? So there's in the base set, there are two sets of cards, one through six. Each one has its own unique mechanic. You as a player take one of the ones, one of the twos, et cetera, up to six. And then once everybody's got their hand, everybody's going to lay one card face down. And then in sequential order, you say, anybody play any ones? You flip that over. You resolve that mechanic. Anybody play any twos? Let's say someone else played a two. A two, because it's sequentially higher, can block a one. But a three cannot block a one. Interesting. Okay, so you have to play in that order. That makes right. sense. And as you solve all the mechanics, it's trying to get. You're going to get gold, and the, you're trying to get a total, depending on how many players, to win the game. But once you go through the first round, you lay your card face up, so that card everybody knows you've already played that number. So when you play the second card, if we're playing five, for example, and three of you played your twos, I can probably play my one without being blocked. Oh, because you know everyone doesn't because have I know, one. I know. I know at least three of you don't have one, and that plays into the bluffing mechanic like what do you have one of the cards actually like you have to guess what the other player just played and if you guess correctly you get their gold I'm going for your gold Sean so this is your <laughs> this is your chance to gang up on Sean this is basically the Sean's going to lose all his money it, it doesn't matter because Sean That's don't the, care if he loses <laughs> he's just going to play whatever the most chaotic card is every turn so it's going to be goblins 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 yes. Yes. Sean but, is chaos yeah. chaos personified I like them uh, yes <laughs> well, then you'll like the, the next game, too. Uh, what, for in that we're going to, I think that'll be launched sometime in, in early spring as well. Um, and if people are interested, like I said, they can play that on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, the other game that we'll be launching, this will be towards the end of the year, um, is called Creature Creator. And this is kind of a project near and dear to my heart because my six-year-old designed it. Really? Aww. Yeah. Nice. So in the basic principle of the game, it is a stack of cards that has different uh, body parts for animals. So you have legs, bodies, heads, tails, wings, and trunks that are bonus points. And all you're trying to do at the base game, which is a four-plus suggested game, is draw cards and build as many fun creatures, silly things as you can. Like, you can have, like, the feet of a lion, you can have the tail of a peacock, the head of a snake, and the body of an elephant. Love it. You can put it all together. I can finally live my dream of having an elephant trunk on every animal. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, has a, he has a thing for elephants. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it was the attack elephant. No one knows why. Attack elephant. Elephants are phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, they, they have their own funerals for when one of their pack dies. I mean, they're brilliant animals. We did have a rule in the game, though, and Joey. Yes. Trunks go on the animal's heads, no other body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good rule. Smart move. Not on, like, you can't have, like, a trunk tail. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, we have we have tails for that. Okay. Everyone has a tail. Fine. Trunk wings? Because with kids, that tail is going to move somewhere else real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they meant to or not. Yeah. 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 Sean, which, which is hilarious. Kid. Kid. That, yeah, that's the adult yeah. version of the game. And then you can make whatever, like, you can have two heads on things, then you can do whatever you want. Nice. But we, hmm. we built the game, uh, her and I, and then my business partner came along to, to put together a game that scales up with kids. So it starts at 4+, plus and it's a simple, fun, silly game. Then it is 6+, plus, 8+, plus, and 13+. Plus. They're introduced to new mechanics with each iteration. So in the 6+, plus, the game doesn't run out when the cards do. The game ends when the player has a certain point total, and each body part comes with a point. Uh, and the 8+, plus and 13+, plus, if you have incomplete animals, for example... You get negative points. Uh-oh. Add some strategy. I like yeah, it. Some strategy. Well, it adds in the math, too. Mm-hmm. That teaches exactly them some basic math just to keep their minds fresh. And then as you get into the 13, you're going to introduce to, like, trade mechanics where you can swap cards. You can steal cards. You can swap out your own character's different body parts because if you are able to create the complete animal, that gets you double points. So oh. completing the elephant will get me double points. Cool. Correct. I like this. <laughs> and then you can add like flamingo wings to it. So it could be an elephant that actually flies. Really? Are they at least proportionate <laughs> to the elephant? Because I'm picturing teeny tiny little wings on an elephant. You know, that was one of like the big design things that we got into. Um, my wife actually drew all of these mm-hmm. and she did a phenomenal job. So uh, this is going to be great for radio because I'm going to have to explain what it is. <laughs> I'm take some pictures we'll to post. Take some pictures. Yeah. So the elephant and then all of the other bodies are of similar size so okay. that the heads actually makes sense like there's the kangaroo oh okay so they're oh, all proportionate nice. uh-huh. right. and then here's the squirrel head oh my god <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like a quarter of the card right. so and then here's the squirrel body though right but the squirrel body's huge the i like that huge. so you could put the squirrel head on top of the kangaroo <laughs> and then that's add awesome. like the peacock oh my tail. gosh that's great those are beautiful so she did a phenomenal yes, job did. of like connecting all of them i think the alligator is our favorite though to put on yeah he looks so happy he looks so <laughs> He's such a happy alligator. Like, not happy evil. Like, just like, I'm happy to be I'm an alligator be, and alive. I'm happy to be an, uh, an alligator-roo. Ooh, yeah. Right. Uh, and then there's there's some couple, like, specialty cards. Like, the snake is four segments. Oh. So the bodies can be added to, like, the necks of the giraffe to make the giraffe super long. That's oh. cool. Or, like, the bat. You can have the bat body be super long. <laughs> <laughs> you can make some pretty fun... I'm just uh, picturing a bat hanging upside down, its head's hitting the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or it's... Then, then it can scoop up all the bugs that are on the... I mean, exactly. That, or any fruit that fell on the ground. <laughs> exactly. So, Josh, was the idea to get these into classrooms then? Because you said that it was four plus, correct? Yeah. So when we first set out, that was the what our goal was. So we've been working with um, so local politicians here, local school districts, and we actually have four copies of Creature Creator in kindergarten classrooms in the Seattle school district. Oh, wow. So the kids are, are playing, they're taking notes, and the teachers are watching for how the kids do and it's not for us it's for them when I talked to a lot of educators recently there was this desire to figure out how do you boost kids social skills because COVID really reduced a lot of that because they didn't have the one-on-one or like the cooperative interaction yeah they're very isolated exactly so what better way to get kids to work cooperatively to get their interests pumped back up into science, technology, mm-hmm. engineering, arts, and math than board games. Oh, yeah. Right? Because what board game doesn't have those things? Or what quality board game? <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I have to 
<laughs> and that is very true. I took the little brother to, if you guys are in the uh, Pacific Northwest, Seattle area, definitely check out the Imagine Children's Museum. Oh, yeah. Because they recently just revamped it all. It is huge. And I will tell you, little kids are jerks. <laughs> like, they're more like, they're just like, when I was your age, I knew like if I said what you just said out loud and my mom heard me, oh, that would have been bad. So it's like, but it kind of goes back to the whole idea that they haven't really learned to play with other kids. If they're an only child or they only have one sibling, they don't know how to cooperate or to like share and be able to work as a team together. So games like this is a nice way to introduce them to that uh, skill. The other thing that a lot of teachers have noticed is the frustration with failing. Yes. They, there's this yes. like, and I, I don't believe it was the parents or anything. It just kind of came with the isolation mm-hmm. of like, I don't want to fail. And like, I've seen that with my six year old. Like she's afraid to write on the board because she doesn't want to do it wrong. And I told her, no, that's how you learn. Like, yeah. like if you don't make mistakes, you never are able to learn from mm-hmm. them. And so when she was helping me build this, we failed a lot. And I was saying mm-hmm. like, see how much better the game is because we've failed at these different things. And, and like, you oh. didn't give up. Yeah. You don't give up. That's the other thing. Yeah. Too. You got to keep going. Otherwise, you're not going to see how great it can be. And that's really like the confidence level in a lot mm-hmm. of kids. A lot of teachers that I've talked to across the country at these different conventions that we've been to and emails shared back and forth is the kids are afraid to raise their hand. Like they're they're in, they're timid because mm-hmm. they haven't had that. Like you were saying, that interaction and the ability to succeed and the ability to not succeed mm-hmm. and then see how that does for them and how they can learn and adapt. So I started working with a bunch of different board game publishers, designers, politicians, educators, and we have built this initiative. And if you have a name for this, please send me <laughs> your submissions because I cannot for the life of me think of something that doesn't sound like homework, mm. like games for school or games for class. It doesn't have that like ring. Like a shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe it's an acronym. Oh. Maybe that's yeah, not even yeah, yeah. Uh, but the whole principle of it is that we want to get physical board game copies into each classroom, not into the schools. Because if you get into the schools, then the, the teachers have you're giving them homework. They have to go and check it out. They have mm-hmm. to figure out who missed what piece is missing. But if you can get the games actually into the classrooms, then they're theirs. The kids themselves have a lot more pride in them and because it, it's their classroom games. So I partnered with several uh, groups right now, and we have a, a, a modest budget to get uh, a bunch of games into one school. And we're going to use that as our pilot program mm-hmm. to see what does this do for kids' confidence levels? How does this create problem-solving Mm -hmm. situations for the kids am am I just spiraling out of control and I've just made all this stuff in my head and it doesn't make sense here's a a template to see if that's true or not Um, and that was really important for me uh, working in the education system for a really long time and previously as a journalist covering the education system for a long time I've seen all the hurdles and then with COVID it Mm -hmm. moved all of those out of the way we took the Olympics out of it and now you're climbing Everest every time you're trying to get kids to interact it seems yeah it's so tough and it's like that forced cooperation in a way and doing it under the umbrella of a board game is so much better. I feel like people have an open mind because they feel like it's a safe space. And to your point, when you go younger, it's even harder because oh, yeah. you never know how those kids are going to respond. But building an animal is something I think everyone loves. I mean, like you said, everyone loves going to the zoo. You're building your own mm-hmm. zoo here. And, and so like there's there's some other games too that have that, have that kind of like mystery like that um, uh, 
mysticism almost to it. Uh, Habba does a great job. I don't know if you've seen any of their games, but they oh, have, yeah. they have a, a kid's Jenga, essentially, which is animal upon animal. Aww. So you start with an alligator, and it has ridges on its back. Okay. And you get a bunch of different animals. There's like a porcupine, there's a snake, there's a sheep, and you have to stack mm-hmm. your animals on that, and you roll a die. Sometimes you have to give someone one of your animals, and they have to do it, and you're just trying to get rid of your animals. Oh. There's dexterity games like that. There's um, there's like an adult one and then a kid's one of like the gems on the table. Mm-hmm. And you have to hit the side of the table and see you want to leave gems on the table but not – you want to get the ones that you wanted, mm-hmm. for example. Yep. So there's those types of games that introduce dexterity skills for kids while also you got to do some counting. We sneak math in there. Yeah. Like, you got to sneak it in designers, there. <laughs> you got to sneak, sneak the education in there as well. And there's been some great ones that I've been fortunate enough to partner with. And so that the Creature Creator will come out – with us, but it's not just tied to the program. Like you can buy it obviously separately. And oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, to get it in people, more people's hands. I like that. I know she might be a little biased, but did Creature Creator pass the Annie test? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it'd be funny if she drew everything. She's like, I didn't really like this. I don't, I don't like the design here. The art's really good, but the design. Uh, not not, not, not the my thing. Board. No. No. Yeah, we uh, we were very fortunate to we play tested this a lot at PAX. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You'll have plenty of times to play this at other conventions as well. Um, and we had a line the entire time. Oh, that's like, awesome. They didn't even know that the boys stuff was sitting there. All the, again, it all went back to how do we have something for the kids to play as well as the adult. So we would like to say that we're the we, we bring everything from the seas to the seas and I'll let you figure in what the, what the seas are if you know the boys really well. There's a C word that goes really well with that. So, well. so we go from seas to children. <laughs> yeah. The Christians. That's what it is. <laughs> How did you know? Of course, duh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Josh. Uh, I love all the great work you, you're, you're doing, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and sharing a little bit with us. Again, that's onefirstgames.com. You can get the boys. You can get Creature Creator uh, amongst all the other stuff. Uh, before we let you go, you mentioned that you have a bunch of crazy, wacky ideas that by the end of the year you're going to try to at least put on paper. How, just for the, the fans out there, how many did you say you had? Well, so right now we have a list around running list of five games to come out in 2023, four more in 2024, and then on an average of five all the way up to 2020 or 2033. And you were like, well, how did you do that? Well, one of the things that we wanted to do as a company was to be the bridge for independent designers to get their products out to the people. Oh, I love that. Because a lot of people, like, they don't know the next steps. How do I create social media content? So, yeah, I'm a 40-year-old dude making TikToks. Yes. It's really weird. <laughs> You're doing cool dances. Uh, weird. No, I haven't done the dances yet. Yeah. <laughs> the kid will do the dances. I, I'm not much of a dancer. Everyone knocks on TikTok, but it is for any age. Whatever yeah. your niche is, whatever it is that you love to do or you just love to watch, you will find it on TikTok and you will find your community. It, it really has become a massive mm-hmm. area for board games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It is like the, like the mecca for board game creation, board game sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we also are on Instagram and TikTok or Twitter and Facebook and All everything else. Stuff. Um, 
but most of my time is reviewing people's videos of the game that they designed oh, or okay. the game that they're reviewing or making connections with other publishers because mm-hmm. a lot of the games that we're going to ha- come, have come out are probably going to be co-published because it doesn't make sense for us to just do it by ourselves mm-hmm. when we can have a larger platform and work with really great people. Yeah, get it to as many people as you can. Well, and that, that was one of the first things for me is especially because we launched the boys during COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant idea for <laughs> Um, we also had to learn real quick about international shipping. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Distribution uh, <laughs> yeah. nightmare that it was. Uh, like right now, we have some phenomenal partners. So we can get a game into every country in the world, except for maybe Antarctica. But I think there's only like eight scientists there. So yeah, they're busy. one copy's good. One, yeah, one copy. We'll just send it on the next one. We'll make them yeah. virtual. Yeah. We'll do the, the uh, PC or copies. Wait for them to come to PAX. Sorry. <laughs> and then they can bring their own copy. No. Emerald they, City. They can come to Emerald no, City. There you go. I actually read an article from one of the scientists. He figured out a way because they can only take so much stuff. Right. And he compacted a bunch of games. And when he got there, threw out all the old used played up games and introduced tabletop modern board games to the science stations in Antarctica. Yeah. Uh, That one of the publishers worked with them to get them a whole bunch of games that they hadn't got to play before and figured out exactly like how do you get compact games to there. And then they use that in their manufacturing later on yeah. to compress that. So literally quite anywhere in the world. <laughs> literally quite anywhere in the world. And, and we've been very fortunate in that um, to come out on the other side. Yeah. And when we did, it was like, okay, what what can we do? What can we do to help the other people that maybe not have gotten there? You know, like when we launched the boys, we didn't do a retail uh, tier for the Kickstarter. Interesting. Because the last thing that I wanted to do was to have these all of these retailers try and decide, do I keep my door open or do I buy a bunch of copies of a board game? I might not get for two years. Mm, yeah. So I, I worked directly with them. So, you know, in here locally as well, like at Meeples or Blue Highway Games and Mox and Zulu. And I mean, we were very fortunate here to have a very large community of not just yeah. creators. I mean, there's... I think there's 50 of us that are getting together in February. Oh, my gosh. It's weird. I like to call us addicts over here. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's I can tic- stop when I want. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Why would I want to stop, though? Yeah. yeah, true. So you've got all like the influencers and the TikTokers, the publishers, and then the designers that are all going to get together. Uh, uh, they have some stuff planned. I'm just along for the ride. I, I love that. But to create board games. Yeah. And what better cause? And, and that's the thing. Like We're in a very luxurious area to have that opportunity to do that and do that well. So with TikTok... TikTok, I wanted to reach out to the people who weren't just here. You know, we uh, one of the the couple that we're working with to do Ins and Outcasts, they tried to do a Kickstarter and it it just missed the audience. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we went and helped them redesign the game, redesign the the packaging. She did all the art, the the wife did, and they're phenomenal art cards. So let's expand the card and show off your art. And that's what really got the great feedback, feedback and, and yeah. stuff at at PAX. Sorry, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we had that there as well. We had a physical copy there, so people were playing ins and outcasts as well and it, it it just made for a really cohesive thing so at first games we're not just the boys we're going to be a whole litany of board games I love cool. that that's great and again uh, that's onefirstgames.com Josh thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having me it was an honor to be here with you guys and I'll, anytime you need me I'll be here thank you again so much Josh for joining with us man guys we got a lot of board games to look forward to. I'm excited but uh, I think we have to move on to some board games that you can back now with some Quick starters. Sean, what do you got for us? Yeah, there's some really cool stuff. So the first one I'd like to talk about is the Dice Tower podcast. So they are actually doing a a Kickstarter for their podcast and all their videos and everything that they do. Less of the podcast now, more of the video work that they do. 
Um, if you're a follower of the Dice Tower, um, they do a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of reviews and whatnot. And there's some really cool stuff you can get off the Kickstarter. Now, if you want to back for like 10 bucks, 15 bucks, you'll be able to get dice and stickers, component bins, uh, box bands, meeples, <laughs> stuff like that. However, custom meeples. Custom Ooh. meeples, yes. However, there's some really cool ones. There's an archer level. And if you back at the archer level for $60, you get special promos. And those promos are usually designed specifically for uh, people in the dice tower and especially <laughs> from the games. And there's a one here that I think Josh is going to want to back at the archer level. Yay. Because you'll get promos for ISS Vanguard, which we've played recently. It's a good game. And uh, promos for. Oathsworn. Greatest game of all time. <laughs> we found him. <laughs> I think we had him. Uh, Flamecraft, Foundations of Rome, Tiny Towns, and a bunch more. Uh, there's a bard level, which gets you uh, promos for Obsession, Endless Winter, Terracotta Army. Wow, some great names on this list. Yeah. And if you're going to be at any of the events that they're going to be at, uh, like for Dice Tower West or I think Gen Con's on there as well, um, there's a $200 level and you be able and you get to do things with them like Ice Cream Social and Gaming Afterwards. And so there's a lot of really cool places and, and things you can do to back and ways to kind of interact with them. So definitely check this out. Uh, just look up Dice Tower on Kickstarter. Starter, and you'll find them uh, right now. They've got 252k of their 240k goal. So wow, uh, they had a 240k 240k goal. goal. I mean, we're basically funding everything they do, and they do a whole lot of stuff. They've got a whole lot of people working for them. So well, they knew they were going to get there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is going to be going. Uh, let's see, up until January 27th. So definitely get in and check this out if this interests you. I think it's really cool, and they're a great group of people as well. Next, we're going to talk about Among Cultists, which is a social deduction thriller game. Uh Uh-oh, this is right down BJ's alley. Yes. So this takes uh, some board game concepts and hidden deduction uh, elements and kind of mixes them together. Uh, The way this plays out is everybody is a person. Um, There is a cultist in the game. There might be more than one. And the cultist goal is they want the evil entity to come into existence and they're going to try and stop people. Now, the way they stop people is they can end their turn in a room, and if there's only one person there, no one's watching, they can murder you. Oh, cool. Mm. Now, they, <laughs> the way they do the lack of player elimination is that if you get murdered... You're still in the game. This is as a uh, ghost. You're now a ghost. <laughs> this, this sounds like <clears throat> among cultists, among us. Okay. Yes. Dots connected. Dots connected. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. So if you're a ghost, you're still able to interact and, and do things just in a different way. Uh, it looks really cool. It's going to play four to eight people, uh, forty-five to ninety minutes, uh, unless you're playing with us, of course. Um, there's a fifty-five dollar base pledge and a one hundred and two pledge if you want like multiple expansions and different stories and stuff that they're they're preventing or presenting here with everybody uh, they have 152 of their 20k goal so they've just crushed 152,000 of their 20k goal so yeah. have you guys backed this this sounds like a game you're going to want to play yeah I haven't backed this yet uh, just because I was doing all this research but uh, yeah I, this sounds really cool the art looks really neat as well um, they have about 2,000 backers and is ending on February 3rd uh, there's lots of cool stuff that they're bringing in so check this one out if you like uh, social deduction games and board games and next is we're going to talk about The Starlings, a graphic novel escape room. Did you just put this on here because of the name of the company? 
No, but <laughs> I don't believe you. That did catch my eye. That did catch my eye. So what, what is the name of the, the Starling? The graphic novel escape room is by Poo Apocalypse. Awesome. <laughs> One of the dirtiest apocalypses you can have. <laughs> so Poo Apocalypse actually was a game. They put out a card game called Poo Apocalypse. Um, so they are doing this other game now. Now this is a family accessible. Uh, escape room game and what it is is a graphic novel so you read through the graphic novel and as characters come up with uh, things that they have to overcome well that's where you step in as a player and now you're going to have to solve these puzzles to try and overcome this thing and then continue on in the graphic novel so they marry those two things together in a very interesting unique way almost like a storytelling escape room you know because obviously you can't ship someone in an escape room right exactly yeah (laughs) that's kind of a cool idea I hadn't thought about that yeah it's really cool and the graphic novel looks really nice Um, you can back if you just want the graphic novel itself it's $19 but if you want the graphic novel and game it's now I'm going to say 39 slash 45 there's like an early bird special I'm not sure when that's going to end Uh, 39 is the early bird 45 is the regular Uh, ends on February 9th so it's interesting that the early bird was still available so um, and there's a special wood box that you can get it's like a puzzle box and as you overcome certain elements then you'll get pieces that actually fit into the puzzle box Oh, that's cruel. That's yeah, like little, it, it's ah. really just a really amazing production. Um, they've got 29K of their 5K goal, so uh, it's clearly going to happen. Um, they've got 477 backers right now. Check this out. This looks really cool. Um, it's a really special kind of thing. So I think it's something people would really like. Uh, now we're going to move on to the world of GameFound. GameFound! Uh, GameFound, we're just one we're going to talk about real quick. Uh, this is called Copan, A Dying City by Holy Grail Games. Uh, Now, this one is actually already funded. So um, the way GameFound works is you can bring your game to it and try and get it funded, but you can also take your funded game and this is how you're going to do your pledge manager and, you know, getting it out to everybody. So games will show up on here that maybe were on Kickstarter before and it's like a late pledge kind of system that you can jump into. So uh, Copan is definitely going out to people. It's already been funded. And what this is, uh, it's a fight for your family's legacy in a city destined to fall. Uh, it's a work replacement <laughs> Euro game with a reverse difficulty curve. What's, so, What does that mean? Uh, as you gather resources in the game and use them to do these different things, those resources are finite. Oh, Once okay. they're spent, they're out of the game. I see what it is. So it's so kind of like... it starts big and yeah. then like shrinks down and shrinks down and shrinks down and gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Hence because the as fall I say, of the city. The city's going to fall. <laughs> yeah. Things are going to crumble. That's why everything's sort of burning away and going away. Uh, it looks really cool. If you like Euro games uh, with a lot of like thank you stuff to them, this is definitely one that's uh, I think you're going to enjoy. Really, really beautiful art too. Um, it's a $103 for the all-in plaid to get you all the extra stretch goals and all the upgraded stuff. Uh, $65 for the base game, which is still right in kind of wheelhouse for most Euro games, so that's a good price. Uh, Definitely check that out. Copan, C-O-P-A-N, Dying City on GameFound. Thank you for that, Sean. A lot of good games to go back there. I might be back in the social deduction game for BJ. You know, yeah. I feel like that's a good one to break out of the family game day. Assuming <laughs> exactly. he hasn't already. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, though, uh, I would like to mention something quickly because, Josh, you brought it up. Uh, I see on our little list here uh, the D&D controversy with Hasbro and such. Now, I didn't dive too deep into this because BJ sent us a two-hour-long video perfectly <laughs> explaining what he called a recap of the events. And I was like, what has happened? Well, 
very much paraphrasing because I too have not watched the full videos, but it's regarding their open gaming license version 1.0a having to do with licensing out the game so people can make settings and and stuff like that and the amount of royalties they want now, oh money I, I guess hasbro is trying to maybe force some people to change their contract or and the new the new uh, licensing agreement is taking a lot of money like 20% okay and um but if you want to know more about it, don't take my word for it. Go to change.org, and just when you're there, search Hasbro. Please take no action, and everything is perfectly explained in that article. And if you want to sign the petition, go for it and support the cause. Because D&D is one of the original tabletop games. <laughs> yeah, and look, people love playing D&D, and people love making their own settings. Now, yes, Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast should make some money off that. I 100% agree. That's what renegotiations are for, not for forcing people. That's fair. And like you said, go check out change.org if you want to find more information about that. But until then, we have some gaming to do because next week we will be doing the tabletop games with, as uh, Josh actually talked about in our, our, our interview earlier, the boys. But until then, especially if you're Hasbro, play nice. <laughs>